but there are limits to the physical body, right? So the physical body, the ego also needs human connection. And yes, I've been making connections online through Zoom, phone calls, FaceTime, you know, the things that most people are doing. And it's great, you know, it's great to connect with people, but at the same time, I'm missing like those like last minute, hey, you wanna grab coffee? Hey, I just finished a yoga class, which is like being with people in a studio, which is, I miss that too. Uh, you wanna get some, you wanna get, you wanna get a cup of tea, some coffee? Let's just hang out for like a half hour before we go pick up our kids or whatever it is. You know, I miss that because there is a spontaneity that, um, that seems to be missing. Welcome to Vinyasa in Verse, the podcast where we connect mind, body, and spirit through poetry and practice. I'm Leslie Ann Hobayan. Together, we'll explore different ways of connecting with our innermost selves and how to tap into the flow of the universe. Because once that happens, anything is possible. Your best life starts now. Hello, loves. Welcome to another episode of Vinyasa in Verse. How are you on this beautiful day? I don't know about you, but I've got some snow falling outside my window and the scene is so peaceful. You know what I love about freshly fallen snow is that everything sounds soft. When you go outside, it's like pillows were just laid down on the ground, almost like a big fort blanket but without the blankets on top, just lay down on the ground. It's so cool. Um, so today I've got Hafez as our trusty guide for the episode. Oh, and I also wanted to invite you to take a deep breath and find some beauty in that breath as your moment of beauty. Inhale and exhale. So good. The deep breath is so good. Okay, so here we go for Hafez. Our great Sufi mystic poet is going to give us some guidance today. And here is our poem for the episode. This is called The Great Expanse. Anger sinks the boat. Now we are not praising that drowning in his ocean. Just crossing the great expanse of each minute with all the compassion and dignity we can find. I'll read that again. And I just want to make a comment. Uh, the, the format or the layout of the poem on this page looks like a Christmas tree. <laughs> so um, I wish you guys could see this, but sorry. Uh, the Great Expanse. Anger sinks the boat. Now we are not praising that drowning in his ocean. Just crossing the great expanse of each minute with all the compassion and dignity we can find. Hmm. So this one is not coming as easily to me as far as you know what I'm feeling and seeing and reading in this poem. He says anger sinks the boat. I get that, you know. 
I mean, we're going on our merry way, living our great lives, and then as soon as we get angry, momentum stops, right? We get all wrapped up in these stories and, and emotions of anger and like, they did this to me and I can't believe this and blah, 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 right? So angry feelings stops the flow, sinks the boat. Now we are not praising that drowning in his ocean. Okay, so drowning in this case is put in quotes and I'm not sure what Daniel Ladinsky, the translator, was trying to imply with this. But let's, let's take a look at it. Now we are not praising that drowning in his ocean. So what we're talking about, I think, is we're about flowing with the energy of the divine. Not necessarily drowning in his love or the beloved's love or the source's love. You know, however you name the higher power. So we're not, this is not the same as drowning in an ocean of love. This is the ocean of the universe's energy, right? You want to flow with the energy of the universe. When you get angry, you stop that flow and then you just sink, right? And that, and that's not the kind of drowning you want. So then Hafez continues on and says, just crossing the great expanse. So the great expanse of the universe the great expanse, and this is the poem, of each minute, so each minute of our lives that we are here on this planet in these human bodies with all the compassion and dignity we can find. So we're just crossing the great expanse, right? We're living our lives as spirit souls having a human experience with all the compassion and dignity we can find because compassion and dignity allows for us to flow on the boat that's floating on the flow of the universe. Compassion and dignity are the antidotes to anger. When we get angry, whether it's at somebody else, you know, what they did, or it's angry with ourselves, something we did or didn't do or failed to do, what's missing is compassion, right? So let's say, um, you know, I get, I get angry. Like even I'll admit, even before I started recording this episode, um, I had told everyone that's living in my house, listen, I'm about to record an episode. Can you guys just be mindful of that? Don't knock on my door, that kind of thing. And right before I started recording, my youngest, who is 11, is very heavy footed. And she starts running around the house. I don't know what she's doing, but it's loud and it's, it's like a thumping. And I got a little angry. I will say, I will admit that, you know, I was like in my head, doesn't she know I'm recording a podcast and that, you know, this microphone picks up everything, blah, 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 blah. You know, so I started in that, that like making these stories, you know, feeding the anger and frustration that I had. And then I was like, wait a minute. Then my, my compassion kicked in. Um, and, you know, it doesn't always kick in. But because I've been practicing awareness and meditation, mindfulness, yoga, you know, yoga philosophy for some years now, with that practice, the uh, self-awareness kicks in a little sooner than usual. <laughs> you know, like the old me would get wrapped up in the anger, let it boil and seethe inside 
until I was done with the episode and then I'd go downstairs and like unleash on her and be like I can't you believe you did this and you were you know thumping around blah 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 that was the old me but the new me notices it you know as soon as the anger kicks in the the witness me the observer me goes oh look you're getting angry isn't that interesting and so ego me is like yeah I'm getting angry whatever so I'll feel the feelings I'll be angry and then I'll think about okay what can I do to solve the problem so I just you know before I started recording gave her um a message a reminder that I was recording and she was like oh okay no big deal you know and I had compassion because when I was aware of that anger I was the thing that occurred to me was like she's 11 you know she's a kid she will act however she needs to act if she wants to walk around and get some energy moving that's what she's going to do you know like what you're doing me talking to myself isn't a priority for her and so I had compassion to be like okay yeah she's you know I'm the adult she's the kid okay let's let's figure out how to solve the problem no need to get angry you know and so when that acknowledgement happened when that awareness happened then the anger just dissolved just went away and I was back on the boat flowing with the universe and that was a really great feeling and so what Hafez is inviting us to do is to remember that compassion and dignity is what's going to help us thrive in this human experience anger sinks the boat right but I will say that this is not always easy Um, you know living in a pandemic situation I mean I don't know for all of you but for me I can only speak for me I've been staying at home mostly you know, not hanging out with friends, not even doing outdoor, you know, social distance things. I mean, maybe in the beginning I did when we were able to go outside and, you know, see people from far away, you know, six feet or whatever, that was fine. But, you know, with winter starting, you know, the cold temperatures rolling in, then I was like, okay, we can't do that. It's too cold. It's too cold. Now that it's February and we've had a good chunk of winter and in, at least in New Jersey, we've gotten four snows. I don't know if I want to call them storms, but yeah, storms, four snowstorms. Yeah. Uh, in the last three weeks, maybe um, there's been a lot of snow and even less incentive to leave the house. So my existence for almost a year has been in my home. Uh, go to the store, come back, you know, go do groceries online, pick them up, come back, go get coffee, drive through, come back, you know, as a little treat, you know, delivery, come back, you know, or delivery. I mean, the delivery's coming here or take out, you know, order, pick up, that kind of thing. Not a lot of genuine human interaction in the physical way. And that has, uh, I'll admit, has been wearing on me a little bit. Now, you know, there's only, it's so I was going to say, there's only so much meditation can do. <laughs> but, you know, for me, I believe that meditation is a huge help. But there are limits to the physical body, right? So the physical body, the ego also needs human connection. 
And yes, I've been making connections online through Zoom, phone calls, FaceTime, you know, the things that most people are doing. And it's great. You know, it's great to connect with people. But at the same time, I'm missing like those like last minute, hey, you want to grab coffee? Hey, I just finished a yoga class, which is like being with people in a studio, which is, I miss that too. You want to get a cup of tea, some coffee? Let's just hang out for like a half hour before we go pick up our kids or whatever it is. You know, I miss that because there is a spontaneity that, um, that seems to be missing. And for me as, as a poet, as an artist, that's really a, a, a big impetus for what I create. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, like I said, we can do phone calls and, and Zoom and things like that, but often those things are scheduled. And I, what I'm finding interesting is that a lot of my connection time is scheduled ahead of time. And I, and I ask myself from time to time, like, what the heck is filling my time? You know, I'm not driving around half of the state of New Jersey like I used to, where, you know, my kids were involved with a lot of um, activities after school. What is going on? Like, where does my time go? And what happens is that because everything is so monotonous, we just merge one thing into the next right? So, so I'll teach a class, you know, my undergraduate writing class. At, and then the next thing I'll do is record a podcast episode. And then the next thing after that is I'll send an email out. And the next thing after that is, you know, maybe I'll send a text message to somebody, but I, all while sitting at my desk. And so there's a, a quality of sameness to life that feels, oh, I don't even know what the word is, um, limiting, I guess is, is the nice word that comes to mind. I mean, another word that came to mind was imprisoning, <laughs> but I don't want to be, I don't want to be too, uh, too dramatic in that respect, uh, because we all have choices, right? We have choices as far as like how we interact, how we see those interactions. Um, we have intentions that we're in charge of. We have in power over how we respond to things. So the word imprisoned doesn't really feel accurate either but we'll say limiting and what was what was interesting was over the weekend I had gathered with some other women writers of color uh, we had a little like coffee and conversation uh, session on for an hour on zoom uh, it was really great just to to see people you know to interact with people who were not my family um, and just to talk about whatever. There was no agenda. It was just like, hey, this is what's going on. I mean, I uh, I had, I was in the middle of running an errand. I had picked up my oldest daughter's uh, team swimsuit from the high school gym. Uh, and this coffee conversation was happening as I was trying to head home to catch this call. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to make it in time. I, th You know, I was going to be a few minutes late now. I'm going to be a half hour late. Let me just hop on the call from the car <laughs> so um so yeah I I mean I don't know if I would recommend that to folks but um it's fine I was just talking I was keeping my eyes on the road both hands on the wheel don't don't you worry I was being safe but the conversation was interesting because I you know I checked in I said hey this is what I just did that's why I'm in the car and um but I want to say that I feel like 
there's something missing that I'm missing something I don't know my writing feels flat um, you know uh, maybe it feels empty I, I just don't feel inspired um, I mean it's not entirely true there are moments where I have inspiration but when it comes to writing poems it it feels harder to reach for the words for the language for the creating of poems and so another woman who was on the call said it's very monotonous She's like, my life is very monotonous. She's like, I'll, I'll take a class online, um, some sort of like fitness class. She's like, and I'll just go through the motions, but I'm not really invested in, in it. Like energetically, I'm not like, yeah, I'm going to do this, you know? And I said to her, oh, I'm feeling the same way. You know, I, I, that morning I had taken a yoga class online and I was just kind of like going through the motions and I wasn't really engaged. And I don't know if, how much of it had to do with the fact that you know the teacher was not my style or that um, it was online or, or what it was but my mind my head was just not in it and so we talked more about it and and what I felt was that this idea of monotony was really it that I mean that word captured what I was feeling even though I didn't know I was feeling it until this other person said it I was like oh yeah that's that's it. That's totally it. So how do we get out of it? <laughs> you know, how do we get out of it where um, we can't see other people? You know, we can't like go and hang out and stuff. I mean, maybe we can go sledding. I don't know. But what do we do instead? I, I mean, we make the effort. You know, we just really push through and make the effort to reach out to folks to care for ourselves, you know? So for me, self-care looks like soaking in an Epsom salt bath. That always does wonders for me. For others, it might be, you know, a really awesome cup of coffee or a treat from Starbucks or whatever it is. Um, you know, for others, it might just be a nap. Oh, naps are so good, you know? But even with the self-care practices, at least for me, I find that it doesn't quite get me out into that edge, that growth edge, you know, that gets me excited, that inspires me to, to write, to create, whatever it is, you know, and, and I want to say that as of late, I've been experiencing some, um, some major growth edges in terms of my business, you know, when I make an offer in this direction and I start to freak out about it or I start to say things like oh I don't know if I'm good enough to offer this to people and you know then I know I'm on to something I know that there are growth opportunities in that direction but in terms of the whole being the whole me right now it feels sort of flat you know I don't know I don't know what other words are coming around? It just maybe I need to dance more. I don't I don't know what it is. I just feel like there is this life in me that is wanting to get out, you know, that wa wants to get expressed. But there's there's nothing really stimulating the expression of that. You know, it's like this little spark is in me. It says, "Yeah, we want to go. We want to dance. We want to, you know, do whatever. Want to live on the edge. Want to go hang gliding. I don't know, whatever it is. Something to get like really like ah, feel alive and feel the zazz and pizzazz of of life again. But the spark isn't. Let's say." large enough 
to get the body shifted out of this comfort zone of, well, I could just get up, grab a cup of coffee from my kitchen, and then sit at my computer all day. I'll get stuff done, you know, but it's just feeling like, yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So I want to invite folks to consider this like monotony and what you can do about it. Um, for me, I, I've been thinking about this over the weekend. For me, I'm thinking I'm going to try different modes of creative expression. I'm going to try putting some time aside to maybe sing karaoke. I love that stuff. Maybe I'll put time aside to collage you know, I'll, I'll go to Barnes and Noble, I'll do my in and out, you know, grab a stack of magazines and then just look at images and cut some out that speak to me and just throw them on some poster board and see what happens. You know, actually, as I'm thinking about it, I might also add some acrylic paint as accents for that collage. Maybe. We'll see. But I'm very much a tactile person, very physical. My, you know, my sun sign is Taurus, so it's very earthy, very grounded and rooted into earth things, tangible, physical things. And so I'm always aware of what excites me are physical things, you know, like movement, body movement, you know, creative expression of through art that moves the body. So like tactile things like glue and cutting with collage. Um, I might also paint this big ass canvas I just bought. <laughs> uh, I have a friend who is an artist and she's doing this 100 day project where she paints every day for the next 100 days on the same canvas. So there's going to be layers and layers of paint and various renditions of pictures under each one. But of course, the resistance in me, you know, the lazy bones, me, the ego in me, is saying, yeah, but that sounds like a lot of work. You gotta set up the paints, you gotta set up a palette, you know, and then water, and then, you know, so all these excuses. Like even that voice I just made, oh my God, the ego is so, such a drag. (laughs) So thinking about how can you change it up? How can you shake things up in the monotony of our staying at home existence. You know, for me, I know, and for a lot of writers who I've talked to, reading is, is challenging right now. It's, it's hard to stay focused on reading, which is nuts because I'm a bookworm. And it feels, I don't know, it feels weird. It doesn't feel crazy. It just feels weird. It feels odd. You know, I love reading books. And once I'm in a book, I'm like, yeah, I want to read. I want to read. But what happens for me now is that I'll read and I'll read the same sentence over and over and over again. And I'll be like, what am I reading? What did I just read? I don't know. So what I'm finding now is that for now, Audible is my friend. Audiobooks are the way for me to quote unquote read books and podcasts. But I will say, even for that, sometimes my attention wanders away. 
And then I'd be like, wait, what? What did they say? And then I'll have to hit the back 15 seconds or back 30 seconds or whatever the button is, right? Depending on the platform. So it's hard, y'all. I'm just, you know, just trying to be real right now. And what I want to offer you is just one, to say, hey, you're not alone. And what you're feeling, whatever it is, is okay. It's normal. It's the way you're responding to extended time at home, extended time in place, you know, depending on on what your situation is. It's normal. But two, you have the power to do something about it. You can start some kind of like weekly routine where you meet up with friends on Zoom and it's already scheduled, yeah, okay. But if it's a weekly thing, and you just talk about nothing, sometimes I feel like those are the best conversations. You know, I had a conversation with a friend of mine a couple weeks ago, and it was the long, I mean, it was like a two-hour conversation, and we talked about nothing. I mean, when I say nothing, it was like, we didn't talk about world peace. You know, we talked about our kids and how, you know, her son went to swim practice that lasted about five minutes, and I said, what, he like dipped in the pool and got out? And she said, no, he walked around the parking lot, and then they called that practice. I was like, what? You know, so stuff like that. Um, and And that just makes it human you know that sharing of the everyday reminds us of our humanness so even if you meet with the same person every week it's not a a call for okay what what significant magnanimous thing did you do this week you must report on it now no it's not that at all it's about the daily things. It's about like, oh, I tried making leche flan yesterday and it was awesome. Or I overcooked it a little bit. So the custard filling was a little too solid for my taste. I liked it a little softer. So next time I'm going to like reduce the, the baking time by maybe five or 10 minutes. Um, or oh, I overcooked the shrimp. Now, all my references are going to be food, so I'm not even going to go there. (laughs) But you get the idea, right? Sharing our everyday quotidian, you know, the small everyday details that people think don't really matter. All those details actually do matter because they speak to our humanity. And having a human experience is not monotonous. If we pay close enough attention every day is different. It's not monotonous. It's just this illusion of monotony. You know, I mean, I know I just spent some time going on about like, yeah, the same four walls and the same routine, whatever. That's the ego. That's the ego's perception of what's going on in this life. And if we are spirit souls having a human experience, it's important for us to remember that by standing in the shoes of our highest self in the shoes of the observer or the witness to say, oh, look at that, I'm feeling angry, isn't that interesting? And then watching ego wrestle and sink the boat and you know, do what ego does. But from the higher self, you can see what's happening. You can have compassion. And then you can also just laugh and play and be fascinated by the crazy wondrous life that it is to be human you know 
I mean, I'm going on about like the snow today. And I know most people around me are like, oh, it's snowing again. I was like, oh my God, it's snowing. It's so cool. I love it. Um, so notice the differences. Take some time, maybe maybe just like 24 hours. You know, I had this um, a few years ago. I uh, did this experiment because I was curious about what effect it would have. I did this experiment 24 hours. I would not speak. It was like this sort of 24 hour vow of silence. And the vow of silence didn't say stay at home so you don't talk to anybody. No, no, no. It was go about your usual busy day of, you know, interacting with people, driving around and stuff, but you can't talk at all for 24 hours. So what I did was I brought a dry erase board with me, <laughs> one of those portable dry erase boards, and then I would write down what it was that I had to say to the person. And, I, and it was funny because writing takes longer than speaking. I had to find a way to quickly express what I want to say. So I was either abbreviating, making up my own shorthand, um, scribbling really fast where people couldn't exactly read. I wanted, I wanted to be legible, but it wasn't. So I, it was just a very, very cool experiment in communication, right? But also in listening. Because I wasn't talking, I wasn't focused on what my response was going to be to the person who was speaking to me. I was really listening to what they were saying. Because I know a lot of us do that. You know, when you're talking to somebody, you're already anticipating what the rest of their sentence is and you're formulating your response before they're even done talking. That's not listening, right? I don't, I don't know why we do that. Do we do, we do that because we're in a hurry and we want to shortcut to an answer? Or is it we think that we're really cool because we can anticipate and predict what the other person's going to say because we're that connected. Sometimes I think that's what that is. But I wonder, you know. And so this this 24 hours of a vow of silence was a really amazing learning experience for me. Um, I may try it again, but it's it's not as challenging when we're in pandemic times and it's like a stay-at-home situation because I don't really, you know, there's not a lot of different people I'm going to be talking with and, and listening to and, you know, and all that stuff. So I may try it once there's more activity out in the world. But I digress. Um, what I wanted to offer you as a challenge is to do a 24-hour challenge of just observing the smallest details of your life just to pause and really observe and notice the small details. You know, like, you know, for example, I could say, I, you know, I look at these four walls all the time, you know, but if I'm going to go into that mode of let me pay attention to the small details, then maybe I will look around and I will say, oh, I just noticed that this corner of the room is a little dark because there's not enough lighting over there. Maybe I need to put a lamp or something or another kind of light source over there so that the light in here feels more balanced. Or maybe I look around the room and I say, oh, look, one of my kids 
folded an origami crane and stuck it in my Christmas lights. I have white Christmas lights in my in my studio. I didn't notice that before because I hadn't been paying attention because I look at these four walls instead of looking at the specifics of these four walls. So try that. You know, I mean, you, you might see at first the same thing. Oh yeah, there's the table. Oh yeah, there's the window. Cool. You know, but what if you sort of squinted your eyes a little bit, right? So your, your, your range of vision is a little bit smaller and almost like a telescope. And then see if you can just sort of look around the room that you're in and just land somewhere and, and like zoom in on it and focus in on it like a laser beam and be like, oh, oh, I didn't know that was there. You know, and then take notes on that. Write down what you notice. And it doesn't have to be physical either. It could be like interactions with the people that you're living with. It could be, you know, experiences that you have, like maybe you're making dinner and you notice that you use the wrong measuring spoon. Or you notice that there's a little nick in the spatula that you've been using for the last 20 years that you didn't know was there. Or that you see something under a pile of mail that you haven't looked at in a long time some envelope that's a different color that catches your eye you know what's in that envelope so really maybe take 24 hours like from the time that you wake up until the time you go to bed just take notice of how amazing your life experience is despite these perceived limitations despite this perceived monotony right I mean all those things I said all cool, right? Most of them are speaking from the ego because the ego needs this, this, you know, this to do for, for lack of a better way of saying it. Like ego needs, and I, you know, I said, uh, my son signs Taurus, you know, ego is living in that right now. Ego is like, yeah, we're earth people. We need to like have tactile stuff. And that's true. But what's also true. And in addition to is that we're spirit souls. And so can you use that perspective to really pay attention to how different life is every moment that you're breathing? Every moment. No moment is the same. Never. You know, I tell my students, my poetry, my undergraduate poetry students, you can read a poem right now and hate it. You might not understand it. You don't like the word choices the poet used. You don't like the way it's laid out. Like you just are like, oh, this poem sucks. I don't know what it means, blah, 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 you know? But say six months from now, you happen across this poem again, and then you love it. You're like, oh my God, this is amazing. I can't believe the leaps that this poet made with those words and that line break and that turn. Oh my God, that turn. What happened? What happened between now and six months from now? Same person, same poem, different responses. I'll tell you what happened. Each moment of our lives is different. So that person six months from now is a different person from who you are right now. You have life experiences 
that help build and shape and shift and evolve the way you see the world, the way you interact with the world. And so when we are reading literature, we are engaged in it. It's a live exchange. It's a live conversation. Even if it's just text on a page, right? It doesn't matter when it was written. Where you are in your life is what you bring to these words on a page. And then that becomes the dialogue. That becomes a discussion. And so the person who is today seeing that poem and hates it is at a point in their life that they're not really receiving the poem in a way maybe the poet intended. Or maybe the poet did intend that. Who knows? doesn't matter. What matters is the reader's engagement with that piece. Right? And so six months from now, that same person reading his poem, loving that poem, something shifted in their perspective of the world. And something, it could be some, lots of things, you know? And this is how it is. I mean, I'm just using the, the poetry as an example, but this is how it is for everything. You know, you might love avocados for your entire life. And then one day you bite into avocado, you're like, hmm, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't quite hit me the same way that it used to. It's just okay. You know, oh my God, if that ever happened with me in chocolate, whew, I don't know. I'd, I'd be questioning my, uh, I'd be going through an existential crisis. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. But this is, this is it. This is the, this is the experience of, of, of being in a human body, right? My invitation to you is to pay attention, to really pay attention. There is no monotony. I might say there is. That's my ego talking. That's Jake, the little Jack Russell Terrier. Did you know that my ego has a name and a personality? Yeah, totally. And so I invite you to take your ego, maybe give it a name, buckle him or her into the backseat of the car, you as your higher self are driving and then look around you pay attention to the details of what's going on in this life and just see the wonder and the beauty of it appreciate it for what it is appreciate yourself for where you are in this moment even if it is uncomfortable even if it is painful Suffering is a choice, as my teacher Mahan Rishi says. And when he first said that, I laughed. I was like, yeah, right? What the heck does that mean? Suffering is a choice. I'm choosing to suffer? And then I was like, oh, right, right. Yes, we can feel pain, but we have a choice in responding to that pain. Do we respond to that pain in, oh, my God, my life is like, uh you know, or do we respond to that pain as in, oh, okay, this is interesting. I've got pain here. Can this be a teacher for me? Can I learn from this pain? What can I learn from this pain? How can I grow from it? Two different responses, right? But still the same pain. And so suffering is a choice, but don't choose that. I mean, you know, choose what you want. I'm not, I'm not here to preach, but I want you to just be mindful of what it is 
that we tell ourselves, of what it is that we notice, of how we're living our lives right now, moment by moment. Capiche? All right. So to close today's episode, I've got a poem by Bryn Sato. And this actually comes from an anthology called The World I Leave You, Asian American Poets on Faith and Spirit. This is such a beautiful book, you guys. I really highly recommend that you go out and check it out, buy it, get it out of the library, whatever it is, but so much good poetry in here. Um, So once again, The World I Leave You, Asian American Poets on Faith and Spirit, and it's edited by Leah Silvius and Lee Herrick. Uh, So today's poem to close out the episode is by Bryn Sato. It's called How to Prepare the Mind for Lightning. In the recesses of the woman's mind, there is a warehouse. The warehouse is covered in wisteria. The wisteria wonders what it is doing in the mind of the woman. The woman wonders too. The river is raw tonight. The river is a calling, aching with want. The woman walks towards it, her arms unimpaired and coated with moonlight. The wisteria wants the river. It also wants the warehouse in the mind of the woman, wants to remain in the ruins, though water is another kind of original ruin, determined in its structure and unpredictable. The woman unlaces the light across her body. She wades through the river while twining wisteria. Bleeds from her mouth, her eyes, her wrist veins, her heart valve, her heart. The garden again overgrows the body, called by the water and carried by the woman to the wanting river. When she bleeds the wisteria, the warehouse in her mind is free and empty and the source of all emptiness. It is free to house the night sky. It is free like the woman to hold nothing but the boundless, empty, unimaginable dark. Hmm. I love that. All the turns in that one. So good, so good. All right, my friends. We will close this episode as we do every episode. The divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. Healing is so necessary for women writers of color. Whether we know it or not, our traumas hold us back from expressing and becoming our truest selves. How can we be more present to this? How can we create new ways of understanding our hurts so that we can heal them and step into our life's purpose with radiance? Follow me on Instagram for messages of healing and support as you walk this journey that brings you home to yourself. Find me at this handle, at suryagyanyogi, S-U-R-Y-A-G-I-A-N-Y-O-G-I, or visit my website to learn more at suryagyan.com. Your best healed life starts now.